Welcome to Draftutopia. Chris Ransom, Orrin Sheary, Joseph Potter should be joining us shortly. And we have got a great show for you guys tonight. We're going to have Browns and Raiders in the debate. And we're also going to talk about the World Series, maybe some trades. Um, there was a big trade in the NFL today, too. But you're a Dodgers fan, and you saw that game. I felt like they should have kept Blake Snell. Didn't, and the Dodgers are able to rally back, and now your team is the World Series champions, Orin. So congrats on that, and congrats to the Dodgers. Well, you know, um, Dodgers made this mistake earlier. I, I always felt that the Dodgers were a better team, even if being a fan. It's just they were a stronger team going in. They could have actually probably won them in five games instead of six. I think the re- there's only one game that really uh, they play. Uh, the T- Bay, Tampa Bay played strong, um, and that was uh, in game two. And that from that on, uh, Dodgers were really just a better team uh, all around. Um in pitching and hitting and it just it just the only mistake came in that late ninth inning in the fifth game you know when they allowed all those runs if it wasn't for that loss in the fifth game uh so pulling it off yesterday what they did um it was really uh really more than other team i mean it's been a long time coming Dodgers have been to so many uh, World Series, and they haven't got there. And even though it was a short season, it was pretty hard to get there this year because they did have the extra wild card for all the teams. So they had to play like four four times instead of three to get in. Um, somebody turned down their music because I can't hear myself. Well, I, I can't turn down my music because I'm in the middle of a bar. Um, so... But I can try to move positions to see what happens. Can't hear yourself, may need hearing aids. Yeah, there's a possibility that if Joey moves to a different location, he may disconnect from the call. So we're trying to take everything into consideration. Oh, no, we're, we're, we're that far. Like, come on, Chris. Like, you don't need things. It's not like you're the dog. Well, anyway, um, so, I mean, it was great to, to see. Um, there's a kind of debate issue after the game that happened because they got Justin Turner pull, uh, was tested uh, COVID positive um, in, game, in, in the seventh inning and was pulled from the dugout. But he did come back and celebrated with his uh, teammates. Yes, it took a photo right near Roberts. Roberts is a previous uh, cancer survivor. Um, does that count that he's like um, one of those people that they said, uh, you know, uh, had uh, uh, previous conditions or whatever? Um, you know, I don't know how, you know, they they get tested more than anybody else. I mean, they go every single day, specifically in the World Series. Turner was near all his teammates prior. So I don't think it would have made a difference you know, and I'm sure he talked to the coach prior to the game without a mask. So, you know, you look at it as that way, you know, what happened, I, we really don't know. But I, I just think, you know what, if anybody was in that condition, 
you cannot tell a, a teammate sit in the dugout and let everybody celebrate in front of you when you're a part of that team and a part of that franchise and it means so much to you to win. You see, so that- this, is, this is what I get for relying on Wi-Fi instead of my wireless network. Because first thing I got up and first thing I got out of here is like, ha ha ha, disconnected. Like, fuck. I, I'm not going to finish that. We're on anchor. I will not. I won't do it. But that's how I feel right now. It's like they, they, they did that to me simply because I was on the wrong network and on the wrong system. I am not happy with it. Um, but what I was trying to get to before I was cut off by shoddy internet service, um, was, and now planes going overhead, I cannot win at the moment, um, was that the Dodgers coaching, not the Dodgers, the Devil Rays coaching staff, um, and this goes to Orm because Orm, you seem like you paid far more attention than either Chris or myself. Was um, it's like, okay, guys, you could have at least forced the game seven with proper pitching adjustments. Okay, you could have won a couple more games here or there. If you had just left one guy in and not played it to the statistics. Because it seems like right now the money ball thing is working far better in football than it did in baseball where it was originated. You know, because you still have to have that eyeball thing where, you know, this guy's doing really, really freaking well. Let's keep them in. And that just seems like something that the Rays did not do. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, in a World Series, Dodgers did the same thing to your Rays and pulled him out when he was he was doing excellent. And did nobody even scored. They put this guy uh, to close in the, in the fifth game and look how much damages he had. So it's yes, it's dependent on the pitching. You win and you lose games on the pitching. You don't know what went on in the locker room or how you don't know the sign. Maybe he had a sign that he was tired. Even though he was pitching great, you have no idea how he felt. Yeah, that that's true. But it reminds me of a situation that happened many years ago. it was the year the Braves won the World Series in the early 90s out of their four trips. They ended up, I remember one game, Maddox started. I think it was the game that they clinched the series. And in his relief, they brought in John Smoltz. It's like, and everybody was like, John Smoltz? Why a, they warmed up and brought in John Smoltz? He started like the game before. Why? How can they possibly do this? Like John Smoltz closed out the game. It, it's like 
you are one game away from elimination in the World Series. I do not care what these statistics say. You bring your best. They started Maddox. They brought in Smoltz. Well, guess what? They won the World Series because they went against conventional thinking. The Rays, on the other hand, is like, well, we got to do conventional thinking. We got to do what the stats tell us. We got to do what and the book tells us. It's like, I don't, I don't oh, think they we lost. I don't think they went by the book, but by any means, by any means, because they were doing, they did good to their ability. They were playing, uh, they got there. They did very good to their ability. They didn't just lose this uh, game by just the taking out a pitcher in the seventh inning. Well, here, uh, here's what. Yeah, the Dodgers already had the lead. You got to remember, they already were winning two, uh, two to zero at the time. Well, no, when they took him out from everything I have heard, because I didn't watch the game, but everything I heard, when they took him out, they were up one nothing, but there were two people on. When they brought in the other pitcher, you're getting the out no matter what. My feeling is if, if by that time, if you have the lead, you're going to take a pitcher out. Specifically, late that late in the innings, because they feel you got to remember, Rays actually probably have a better relief staff than the Dodgers. Yeah, and and and, and statistically, if you want to be statistically, the Rays did a better job in keeping it. Otherwise, well, the Dodgers would have uh, won in four games. Well, I, I would agree with you if they – but it what it may not have been that they took him out, even though he was unhittable, damn near unhittable at that point. It was that – who they took him out for. This guy had given up, I think it was, six runs in the last six innings. He had pitched or something like that. I mean, his ERA was absolutely abysmal. You know, so it was like you had at this point, couldn't you? This is the most important game of your season. You know, could you not? Because it's like going back to the Braves in that year, they had all of their pitchers, Clav and Smolt, you know, like they started, uh, you know, Maddox, and it was like, and they had all of them ready. It's like, okay, this is the biggest game of your season. Other than your game seven starter, you have every other starter ready just to come in to pitch because, you know, just make them bullpen guys because this is the biggest game of your season. And then in the next game, like every starter except for the game seven starter your guys in the bullpen. Yeah, now you have a bullpen, and now your bullpen's even better. Now you have even more options. Instead of well, guys, Joe, 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 I don't mean to cut you off, but um, I don't want to debate about this topic. Um, more or less, this is supposed to be the Dodgers won the 
game, the World Series. It's a great time in Los Angeles where the Lakers won earlier this month and the Dodgers won. This is a great thing to happen for the city of Los Angeles. Not since 1988 has this happened. That is 32 years. I mean, that that is more a celebration than or a topic of a debate. Um, that's not what we want. Our, we have a debate coming up uh, about the game coming up. But this is more of a celebration other than comparing the Braves or the Rays and all that. If you wanted to open up in a di- different discussion, because all I wanted to say is thank and congratulations to the Dodgers. I want to get into the trade news and, and then we're going to focus on our topics. Um, yep. uh, and uh, the, the main thing is right now, the big congratulations again to the World Series champions, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and may the city of L.A. enjoy and embrace in that great thing that happened to their city. Um, because it's COVID, even though it was a shorter season, this was a great season in baseball for those that did pay attention to it. Anyway, let's get into the trade news. Let's talk to Chris about that. Yes, congratulations yeah. to the Dodgers. I mean, I didn't mean to take away from them. It was just there's so much into that, you know, that we can get into at a later date. Chris, take it away. All right, so the news here is the Seattle Seahawks have traded for Cincinnati Bengals 43 left and Carlos Dunlap. That is the news. And found this out on NFL ESPN or NFL.com this morning. Um, Seattle, Seattle trades for Carlos Dunlap. They send Cincinnati B.J. Finney and a seventh-round pick in 2021 for Carlos Dunlap. Yeah, I think they got a little steal there. But Seattle's just a good team. I mean, there's good a couple of good, great teams now that are, are in the NFC. You know, even with the loss that they had to the Cardinals this past weekend, Seattle is a front runner for the Super Bowl in the NFC uh, along now with Tampa Bay, uh, maybe possibly the Rams. So you got a couple of good, great contenders in the NFC and we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks as these uh, teams like kind of spread out uh, on uh, and put themselves in front. And, um, you know, Carlos Dunlap didn't have anything to uh, to go for. So it's good that they did trade him and he's good in a happy place. And Pete Carroll will do a, a good job with him uh, this year. Yeah. And this is the thing. It's like Dunlap was not going to be a part of the future of the Bengals. And I think that probably rubbed him the wrong way more than anything is that they were basically relegating him to not only second fiddle, but at times third fiddle. And he was really upset about because he felt he could contribute. He felt he could be the number one guy, even at 31 years old. But they were saying, you're not going to be a part of the future you're, you know, depth at this point, and Dunlap went off. Um, so, I mean, this is good for Dunlap. It's good for the Bengals because there is no way Dunlap was going to be able to coexist with that team, and there is no way that the Bengals were going to be able to satisfy him at that point. So I think this is a good deal for Dunlap. I think it's a good deal for the Bengals. I think it's 
an extremely good deal for the Seahawks. So I think this is just good all around. All right, we're back and we're going to rumble the debate. I'm not the mediator. I'm going to be talking my Raiders. And Joe, what are you going to be talking about? I'm going to be talking about the Browns, you know, and let's face it, this is going to be a hell of a game. You know? Well, Chris, you're the, you're the mediator. You gotta, you gotta tell who to talk, and uh, before we get well, into big all right, we're gonna all right. The rules for the debate are pretty simple. Each panelist is gonna have two uninterrupted minutes to debate, and we're gonna start with Oren. Why will your quarterback Derek Carr outplay Baker Mayfield? Your two minutes begin now. So I'm gonna supposed to talk about. This gentleman called Derek Carr? Oh, I didn't know he was a gentleman. Just kidding. Actually, Derek Carr is probably in one of the best years. He's got a captain. He got only two interception boys. Okay? He has some of the best new wideouts, and I could go down the list and we'll get to that. But I'm telling you, entering his seventh seed in the NFL, now he's under John Gruden and company. Carr looks like a veteran should look like. He is playing great. Even though his loss came last week to Tampa Bay, he has an explosive offense and something else that held him back. So Carr, in this silver and black, he can have still the ability to take the Raiders to the playoffs, even though they have a 3-3 and record at this time. You still have a minute if you'd like to make. Oh, I still have a minute. Do you know that Carr is second in the league right now in completion percentage, just under Drew Brees? So you're telling me that he's, I haven't got to it, but, you know, Carr now also has weapons. He has a signified two, a great um, franchise move in bringing in Nelson Aguilar, looking great. Basically taking over the injured Williams, and how you like that new rookie Henry Ruggs, beautiful when he's on, off, on, and he wasn't in, he was injured for two weeks. Actually, I think they're going to get Brian Edwards back this week, and Waller. He has weapons, and now even Josh Jacobs is becoming a all-around back, and that's what he needed to be—not just somebody who runs down the field, but now he becomes an all-around back. Giving him the five, six weapons. Oh, I forgot Hunter Renfro. So, all right. Time, has all those weapons. Time's up. You get to save the Hunter Renfro segment for the next segment when we talk about the playmakers on both teams. Okay, um, great. Joey, your two minutes begins now. Okay. I, I will not debate, you know, I, anything Oren said about Derek Carr. I have been a Derek Carr supporter for years. Um, I think Derek Carr is one of playing some of the best football of any quarterback in the NFL. Um, but here's what I will say when it comes to Baker Mayfield. They, there's been talk that they have been treating him like a rookie, and rightfully so. I put this as a tale of two head coaches. Freddie Kitchens, who broke this guy down to nothing, because he was so incompetent 
he could not work that the new staff had to go ahead and say, we're breaking this whole thing down. All your mechanics, gone. And rebuild your mechanics. And I gave him, it's like, as a former coach, I know three to six months at least to rebuild mechanics. That's why they usually do it in the offseason. The offseason this year was one month. We are getting close to three months. And Baker just had his best game as a pro with the new mechanics. This is another week working on the new mechanics. The Raiders are giving up 400 yards per game. Okay. But we're talking about quarterbacks. We're not talking about the defense yet. Yeah, yeah. This is just quarterbacks. So why would not, why would Baker not be able to take advantage of that like he took advantage of Cincinnati? Okay. This is, that's the thing. You know, it's like he's got more. He's got one more week in that new system. So, let's see how it goes. All right. Next topic, I'm going to mention the receivers, um, the playmakers, realistically. I mean, the Browns don't have Nick Chubb or Odell Beckham. What can these playmakers do at running back, receiver, tight end? What can these playmakers do to help the Browns win this game? I'll, I'll give you the first two minutes of this topic, Joey. Well, the – the big playmaker right now is, um, you know, Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt is the big guy, you know, and the other guy is obviously Baker Mayfield. You know, those two together can make a lot of plays. Then you have, you know, Hollywood Higgins. Charlotte Hollywood Higgins, he has always had the – Great rapport with Baker. Um, And I am encouraged. I am encouraged, you know, by – and I'm thinking because I've always thought Odell's getting older. You draft Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round. A great prospect. A great project. One – you draft somebody like that to replace him. Probably didn't. You probably didn't want to replace him this early, or put him out there this early. But he played pretty well last time, so I'm kind of interested in how that goes because you don't want to, because that's a playmaker in the making, and he just won the game for you. So the playmakers for the Browns maybe not. You know, I think they're more of a first down, 10, 15-yard playmaking group. But there, there's no saying that that can't get the job done and get touchdowns for it. All right, Orin, you, you still have a – you still have a bit of – you have, like, 50 seconds left, but if that's all you've got on this topic, I'll let the well, take over that, from That's pretty much all I have because it's, like, if you got – those guys, like, 
none of them are big play guys. They're not going to come out and get you 80-yard passes. They're not Odell Beckham. Like, so it's like you're going to have to work with maybe getting a 50-yard pass, you know, maybe getting a 40-yard pass, getting a big run, you know. It's just wearing them down, picking them off, doing this such. All right, Oren, it's your turn to discuss why the Raiders have better playmakers than the Browns. Uh, I, I, I can give you uh, three guys you're going to look at. Yeah, you just you mentioned their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, not bad quarterback either. Um, still young. Um, number one is to look out their new rookie, Henry Ruggs. Can they stop them? I doubt it. They're not going to stop the passing game. The passing game is now 12th. Even though they had a loss, it's still 12th in the NFL. He is, uh, he, they have a very, very good passing percentage. There's no doubt in my mind that they will score the Raiders. So you're giving Nelson Aguilar and Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs and Josh Jacobs on the passing side of the ball, open up the path to, to their car to get things moving on the offense. The offensive line is going to be back. They were going through a little issues during the Tampa Bay game. Hate to tell you, they did not practice. The starting offensive line guys did not practice because Trent Brown had to go home for a COVID positive COVID test. So they sent the whole home, the whole, all the offensive line came back home. And plus, the defense, talk about the defense last week, um, the defense missing one of their key players, and that's safety, Jonathan Abram. If you look at the games when they played, even when they lost to the Patriots and the Bills, the other two losses, he was a critical factor in all games. This will hold the points for the Browns. And they have the tendency, if you put Trevor, um, Trevor Mullen, the secondary is a lot better than it used to be last year. The lack of players on the defensive line during a passing game and rushing Time's game. Up. On this topic. Well, well wow. Chris, I, I want to give Orrin a couple more seconds because I've got a question for Orrin. It's like, what if, because we know Ruggs usually lines up on the number two cornerback, uh, what if Ruggs uh, lines up on Ward or Ward line, lines up on Ruggs? How would that, how do you see that playing out? Because that seems like an excellent matchup to me. Well, I, 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 if, if I'm, if you want to get in that, basically, I do see Rugs. You know, he was able to look at what they did to Kansas City. They scored forty points on Kansas City guys. Okay, they're not Kansas City. The Browns. They're not even Tampa Bay. Browns are good, but they're good like the Patriots and the Bills. They have. They're not. They're not at the level yet. As Tampa Bay and Kansas City, yes, and they beat I'm, City. I'm I'm asking the specific matchup because, as mm -hmm. as everybody knows, is like the Browns are not defensively, you know, a juggernaut. 
but they do have Miles Garrett, they do have Ward, Denzel Ward, and both of them are playing at Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl levels. So I'm I'm asking specifically about the Ward Rugs matchup, how that could potentially work out. Well, you know, doesn't Denzel Ward go to Ohio State? Unfortunately. Okay, so you're putting an Ohio State guy on an Alabama guy. But that doesn't describe how they've played as pros. <laughs> so, okay, remember, Basically, I'm going to look at this. Okay, Henry Ruggs, week year. three outlook, okay? Is that what you want to talk about? No, I, I just want to know your opinion on that potential matchup. My, my opinion, he's going to get about seven catches, Henry Ruggs, no matter who he plays against, I'd say 118 yards. He does a very good job. Okay. Yeah, I, I can go with that because Ruggs is a very good player. Um, you know, and I'm greatly looking forward to the potential matchup because I want to see it myself. How about this? I add Ruggs moves all over the formation. Should he see Dar- Dar- Denzel Ward? Who struggles to this point? Uh, actually, yeah. Allowing four touchdowns this year, Denzel Ward. Ruggs is a far sure thing, and I think he's not a, he's proven that he's not going to be a bust in the NFL in a big way. All right, next topic is going to involve the uh, offensive lines. Which offensive line do you think is going to do better and why? And I'll start with Oren on this topic with the Raiders because um, they didn't practice all week, as you stated earlier. And now they'll have that full week of practice as they go up against a uh, Browns unit that has Miles Garrett, um, Adrian Claiborne, Larry Ogunjobi, and Sheldon Richardson. Which, well, well, exactly. They first of all, we know they don't have their top offensive tackle. He's not going to be back this week, but they do have some great players on offense um, on the offensive line. Um, I really like uh, a couple of the players, actually, when you get down to uh, the nitty-gritty of that. And that is basically, if I were to talk about Colton Miller, Gabe Jackson, um, and I'm drawing a blank here, um, and I don't know what, what, what's happening, but if they re- – I don't know who's going to start at guard, but gosh, can you imagine if Richie Can- Incognito came back? So you got the 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 star on the offense. Well, they got John Simpson out of Clemson, the rookie. He's had a great year. Yeah, but he he, had- he hasn't started. He only started last week because that was just because somebody got injured. He started the Saints game when uh, Richie Incognito was injured. He actually start, came in and played right. the game. He did well. Right. Well, let let me uh let me. You know, just basically, I'm I'm saying I, a lot. I'm saying that they do have. I'm trying to remember who they have at center because their center is actually pretty is a good player too. I'm just like drawing a blank here. Hudson, the guy from Florida State, right? Rodney Hudson, got. Sam Young is the other tackle. They do have some a great offensive line and a veteran offensive line to that matter of the ones that are starting, other than John Simpson, like you mentioned. 
So I, I just believe that they do have a, a formula. You know, I, yeah, they, they switch it off. Brandon Parker there. I do think they have a very good functional line. I think if they now that they're back in practice, I think they can do much better than they did against Tampa Bay, which kind of scared them. I think they got tired out at the fourth quarter. They said, eh, you know, I, we didn't we didn't stretch. We didn't do anything. Can you imagine not practicing for a week? It everybody practiced, and during their off time, they had to worry at home sick and see if they would get sick. So that was not a pleasing type of thing to go back to work on the same day that you just got, you know, you can go back. Basically, they had no practice at all, those starters against Tampa Bay. So that's why I think they're going to prove that they're a very good line, you know, if not able to, to, to at least hold off the Browns on defense. Good stuff right on time. Joey, your two minutes. Yeah, this, this for me is like I – I agree with Warren with when it comes to the Raiders' offensive line. They are a very good offensive line, uh, but we also it took triple teams to do to get rid of Miles Garrett with pretty much every team that they have played. Um, so that's going to be a difficult task, and I look forward to seeing how the Raiders do it because I really do love John Gruden, and I think he will come up with something really good, but. With the Browns' offensive line, they're solid all the way across. They get an injury. They've got – and this is one of the places where their um, depth has come through. You know, they get an injury, someone else comes in. You know, so – and there is talk that Wyatt Teller will be back. Wyatt Teller has been – kind of like the heart of that offensive line this year. Um, so I'm sitting here looking at this as if I'm trying to look at it as in two fronts, the offensive line with Teller and the offensive line without Teller. Uh, the offensive line without Teller is top 10 offensive line in the NFL. Cannot deny it. They're going to hold up no matter what happens. Offensive line with Teller, with Teller, is going to blow you away. So I think it depends on whether this is an offensive line that has Teller or an offensive line that does not have Teller. But I think as long as – I believe they can hold back the – pass rush for the Raiders, and that's going to be an issue. So, you know, so in that case, um, go. So, in that case, that it's going to be an issue for um, the Raiders to get that pass rush, but if the Raiders get that pass rush, it really depends. Are you going to have Teller? Because if you have Teller, that pass rush might not mean as much. But if you don't have Teller, that pass rush may cost more. So, all right. Next topic will be the um, defensive line. And we're going to start with Joey on this one with the Browns. 
their defensive line against this Raider unit, and then I'll make a case for um, the. Then Orrin can talk about the Raiders' defensive line and why they'll get some blitzes, win some pressures, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. First of all, I want to apologize to that. You know, it's like standing on the street. It's going to invite a bunch of people. Uh, but next thing I want to know is like I want to let you guys know, like against the run, the Browns are one of the best defensive teams in the NFL. And a lot of that has to do with their front four. And Ogan Joby and yeah, the rest of that group, excellent. Excellent. Myers Garrett, excellent against the run. Problem is against the pass. They're not as great against pass unless you know the two edge rushers the two edge rushers are getting pressure. So, if the two edge rushers are getting pressure, then you're looking at some really good play from the Browns' defense. So, here's what I am thinking on this situation. The Browns' off defensive line, Larry Ogunjobi, great playmaker in the running game. Miles Garrett's moving all over the field. It's like, Please try to keep track of him. One minute he'll line up at defense tackle. One minute he'll line up at left end. Next minute he'll line up at right end. Next minute he'll line up at linebacker. Okay? So you keep track of him. They're using him like you would use a great wide receiver. It's like move him all over the field and make people adapt. Okay? So if they cannot contain that, these guys who are great at keeping the front four, they're going to let that back seven just run them up. And let's face it, the back seven is very good when defending the run as long as it's not a uh, quarterback sneak, which we found out lately. As long as it's not a quarterback sneak, we have found out they're great at dealing with the run. So, I mean... In that sense, I would say the defensive line for the Browns could potentially cause havoc for the Raiders' defense or for the Raiders' offensive line simply because they have players that are, in Miles Garrett's case, in Miles Garrett's case this year against every team he's faced, including the Ravens and the uh Steelers has proven to be quite unblockable. Yep, and I'm going to let Oren talk about the Raiders' defensive line now. Okay, they had a very bad week. I'm not approving. I think they do. I can criticize. It's my team that I like, but even though uh, John Gruden is a sucker, for the defensive coordinator. We won't mention his name today because <laughs> it's not a bathroom of the defensive coordinator, but he is not the best ones when there's a lot of good ones out there and that they should get. Anyway, but I do like the talent on the Raiders. I think they have some great young talent. Like you can bring up Kellen Farrell, Maurice Hurst. These are guys that they're coming in, they're young. They're willing to learn. They're, yes, they're not going to be the top thing 
But guess what? They have a couple of veterans there. They have Carl Nassib. Um, so you've got um, a couple of good ones. I mean, I, we're talking about the line. We're not talking about the linebackers. So, I mean, I like Jonathan Hankins. So you do have a combination on the line of great veterans that can teach the young ones how to be. And when you have that combination, they work well. They did work well on the wins that they have because they did play good teams and they did win like the Saints and they did win the Chiefs. It's, yeah, it comes down to losses. People, I, I, I think when they played the Patriots, it's called pre-Cam Newton getting COVID and that was the game. They played pre-Cam Newton. When he got post-Cam Newton, he looks completely freaking different. I don't know. Maybe he's losing his cognitive energy. Now, they did lose to the the uh, the Bills, which that might have been a, a little costly. But I think they grew, grew from that because they came back and they won the game against Kansas City. I think they come back here and win. And I'll get into that. I think the defense is going to be really strong. And that's going to be all, all up to this this defensive line. They kind of was lacking against Tampa, but I think they do a good job here. And do I, I have a couple more minutes? Well, um, I'll just I'll just go with it. I, I I mean I'm pretty much uh, done here. Yeah, you've got that. You're good. Um, the last topic I thought. Oh, Malik Collins. I even forgot to mention. Go ahead. Well, the last topic I thought of is why... Oh, Max Crosby. It. Holy crap, I forgot <laughs> that main guy. This is a defensive line segment. Max Crosby, wonderful player. Max Crosby and all these guys, man. Yeah, that's what this okay, is Okay, hello. I've got guys. you guys. You mentioned Miles Garrett. I would love to see my Max Crosby. When he got energy, boy, that guy could celebrate. He is one of the most talented young defensive ends in the league. Just like your Miles Garrett, and he could—he been an MVP. I could see him still going for the defensive MVP this year. So let's uh, get back to that. Sorry, I uh, drew a blank there, but I'm back. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I'm gonna let the last topic I thought of of the five because I, I feel like both of these teams have suspect linebacker and secondary play at times. Yeah, both thanks. also have their most. Both have their moments, too. So, I'm going to let you make your case for the linebackers, secondary, and then you can make your uh, final prediction as to who is going to win this game. I'll start with Oren on the linebackers for the Raiders. Well, sorry about Mad Max. I couldn't uh, think of you. I don't know why. Draw a blank, and you are the best player that I love on that defense. But I will get back to our secondary first and then blend into the linebackers as quick as possible because I know you want to discuss those kinds of things. Well, in linebackers, it's a completely new unit this year. Um, and it's great to see what we have. If you, if you really look on top of things, uh, you got Nick Kowalski, I can't even pronounce the name, playing – in the middle, great player to watch. When he's on, all, he can't. He's a, a free agent that we picked up from the Bears. 
And he just knows how to play that position relatively well. He did not look good, however, in coming back to his first game. Um, basically, he was injured for a while. But I think he comes back and plays strong against the Browns in that nature. Also, the Raiders have Corey Littleton as well, who plays very good. And the people knew about him. And I just feel that both linebackers will be very active against the Browns and be on the same play. Take a couple of a take that tight end you know so well, Mr. Joe, out of contention there um, with those two guys. Talk about the. Uh, I'm going to mention the. Uh, the really the secondary has improved vastly. Even though Damon Arnett is injured and been injured quite most of the season, you have a lot of guys that filled in. Yeah, Damon Mullen and Marcus Joyner, that, who filled in that little spot there. You cannot get huge. Trayvon Mullen looks like a veteran at times. He's playing very, very well. It's great to watch this young man develop into what a great cornerback should be. I, I see him being in the league for a very long time, and he plays a great role, and, and it's great to watch him as well. Um, as far as uh, LaMarcus Joyner, we all know who LaMarcus Joyner is and what he can do. He is a very good, and he is like one of those guys that love to deal with John Gruden, make the plays better, knows what decision. He is a very wise player. That goes back into our veteran safeties before I talk about uh, Jonathan Abram again. But I'm going to go back and talk about the two guys. One is the nickel and one plays the uh, um, one plays free safety. But they both switch off. But Eric Harris, great talent, is also well, knows how to make the plays. I like uh, how Jeff Heath, returning, played on the Cowboys for many years. And you got the two veterans, but when you got that strong safety in place, sucks that he had to miss last week. I think that kind of slowed down the uh, secondary big time because when he's on the field, Jonathan Abram is one of the best strong safeties right now. I'm going to take this a little bit further in the league because he not only goes out and plays in a game, he makes it known that he's on that field. He is. If you look him – when he's on a passing play, if anything ball is thrown near him, he gets actually – I think he got a sack last week against Tampa. He's going to make the Browns feel not like they're – not like they're on the same page at times because he just – he is, reminds me of a lot of great safeties out there, and he just plays very well at that. Yeah, and um, I'm going to let Joey talk about the – Browns linebackers and secondary, and then we can either do like after that, then we can do a breakdown tight end, or we can break down wide receiver. But I'm gonna give Joey the floor. Uh, all right, I'm I'm gonna keep this pretty brief. Um, the the Browns they BJ Goodson, middle linebacker, starting middle linebacker, seems like he's all over the field. If there's a big play, he's involved in some way. I mean, I think he has two or three interceptions this year. 
He's always involved. He's in the backfield. He's going sideline to sideline. It's like it's a career rejuvenation for him. Okay. So I'll say he probably had he's probably gonna be the best linebacker of all the linebackers in this game. Now, at the same token, Jonathan Joseph was active last week with a hamstring. I don't think he played, but he was active. Uh, Ronnie Harrison was playing out of position at free safety. Word from Mary Kay Cabot is they're going to have Jonathan Joseph more strong safety this week. And for the love of crap, thankfully, Anderson Deho is not going to be playing as much as he has been because he has given up 80% of anything going his way. So, you know, Ronnie Harrison, who's made some plays, is going to be playing in that spot a little bit more while Jonathan Joseph very well may start for the Browns. That makes a huge difference. Um, You know, it's not somebody playing out of position. It is a veteran who was making the play calls back there, you know, back in his spot. Ronnie Harrison on the other side, which is a huge upgrade. He was making plays after he got started getting really nice playing time before he got the concussion. He was making plays, you know, even at strong safe or even at free safety, he was going sideline to sideline. That's a huge upgrade from Sendejo, who just athletically can't cut it anymore. Um, and the safeties, as long as Goodson can at least keep it normal and Wilson can keep improving. I saw him more last week than I had the rest of the season. I think the Browns will be pretty decent, but there's I think they'll be better at safety. And Denzel Woods playing at an all-pro level. He's one of the best corners in the NFL. Now, Money Mitch, they pick on him a lot. Well, that's that's a bad thing. You know, because he's a good corner, but they're throwing some of the best receivers that they can at it. So it, I really believe that the Brown secondary, they're going to struggle. They are going to struggle. But I think as they get healthier, they're going to get better. So it's all in. Everything that happens with the Browns secondary is going to depend on is Jonathan, is Joseph going to be healthy? If he's going to be healthy, then things look a lot different. If he's not going to be healthy, well, Derek Carr is a damn good quarterback, and he's probably going to pick apart the middle of that defense. And it's going to be a shootout either way. Yeah, because both these teams are very deep at tight end. I feel like we didn't touch on this. The Raiders, they have Waller, as Oren mentioned. They have Fabian Morrow, who was the number two tight end behind Waller last year. And you have Jason Witten, whereas the Browns, they have Austin Hooper. They have Harrison Bryant, who I was lucky enough to interview at Senior Bowl Media Day. And they got David Njoku. They got three. Each of these teams has three really good tight ends, while I feel like both teams have suspect safety play. But Abram stepped up. Um Carl Joseph, Ronnie Harrison can be effective short term. And 
So yeah, and that's that's a good good thing for this game because I have this game as a shootout, and I have this game as both teams have really suspect back sevens when it comes to the running game or when it comes to the passing game, but really pretty decent, you know, when it comes to the running game. So, you know, the back seven in this case, this may be the thing that determines who wins the game. And I think this is going to be a shootout, much like Cincinnati and Cleveland was last week because I really like both quarterbacks. I like both defensive ends. So, for me, I'm, it's all about the back seven this week. All about the back seven. What do you think about that, Oren? 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 Oren, you're on the... Oren, are you here, man? You guys, yeah, you hear yeah, me? We, yeah, we got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, I feel, you know, I've been looking at a lot of stuff, and I'm gonna give you. Some, I have no idea that the Browns are all, you know, you know, they're picked to win on, on all these sports and all that. But I would say the Raiders are gonna win this game, and. Yeah, you, the energy, even though there is no fans, but the energy being in Vegas, which is really their only second, I believe, home game, uh, if I'm correct, uh, you're going to see a big energy, the willingness to win after a bad loss that the Raiders, they're, it doesn't matter. They have the fan noises, even though the fans are not there. It may seem weird, but when you're on the field, you think the fans are there other than you jumping in the stands. You know they're not there, but you're in the moment. So if they could play as a team and just let Derek Carr do his thing, and he will control the offense. As far as the defense is, I pray that they can be better than they were last week. Because if they go back to their same old crap that they pulled last week, and last year, I should say, they ain't going to win this game. But if they can be on the same page, they can put exactly what you said, you know, the front seven. Yes, the front seven and both defensive and offensive units need to are key to winning the game. They will have – both quarterbacks will have their moments. But when it comes to the front seven, holding them together, we all have our weapons. That's going to make the strength. The winner of this, I feel, in the AFC gets a wild card. They're not going to prospectively win their division. And shit, you guys got the Ravens. We got the Chiefs. You know, it, it just comes, oh, you guys got the Steelers, though, for God's sake. Really <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, you guys can win this game. It'll put you in a pretty good contention to maybe get a wild card, and then it will definitely put us into contention, uh, the Raiders into contention, 
because they're really, in all in all, only two games back from Kansas City if they do win this game. And that's well, my five cents, and I'm pretty much uh, done here, but I'll listen. Well, Orrin, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I think the Raiders and Browns won the last two uh, wild card spots, which order depends on this game. Um, so I'm going to say why I say the Browns win this game is like we both made compelling arguments, both very similar to each other because these two teams are very similar. I'm, I'm going to make the Browns win based on one guy, Kareem Hunt. And that's just one guy that you can't – it's like if you don't have Nick Chubb and you got Kareem Hunt, we all know what Kareem Hunt did with the Chiefs. We know what Kareem Hunt's done with the Browns. He is not just a forward runner. He is just not an outside runner. He is a – runner on you know he is a pass catcher so I'm going with the Browns on that one based on that one guy that could potentially make all the difference you still there Chris yeah yeah I'm still there it was a great job you and Orrin did a great job with debating I'm not sure if Orrin's gonna call back in or not but I pretty much covered everything we need to. So if he does call back in, awesome. And if he doesn't, we'll end the show within the next hour mark. Because I thought you two did a great well, job. Uh, I, I figured it'd be within the next minute mark because I really got to go to the restroom. Well, if that's the case, we'll end it on that note. But I'm just worried that Orrin might try to call well, back into the show. Well, Orrin did a great job. You know, it's like. I'm not going to say I did a great job because I don't want to sound egotistical. You know, it's like we did a great job of outlining our teams, you know, everything we were doing. And I think it may just come down to this one player. You know, is Kareem Hunt going to be the player that we expect him to be? Or, you know, is their Raiders players just going to jump out at us? So, you know, it's it's going to be a fun game either way. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and on that note, yep. we're going to end the show because I know you got to do something. And I thought Orton, you both did great. So I'm going to end the show on that note. Here we go.